So, Amir, we have a special guest on our episode today. Ooh, we do. I'm excited about this one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very, very excited. Yeah, the personality, the performance. The look. The look. The glamour. The whole thing. The whole fantasy the girl. Tea, tea, the total package. The entertainer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, let's just say that. The, the I, I do her. When we saw her in New York, I was like, oh my God, who is this person and how can we be friends? <laughs> I, I was like, I was following her for a while beforehand. Okay, look, on the ground, so I was living, I was living, and I, when I saw her, I was like, entertainer. She's on the other side. I know. So let's just introduce her. <laughs> hi, Candy. Candy Muse. Oh, hi. <laughs> hi. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to the You Don't Love Me podcast. Oh my God, of course. What a glamorous intro that was. <laughs> Do you know what? Better be glad he stopped me. I would have kept going on and on and on. Yeah. <laughs> no, I like it. Continue, please do. Yeah, we're, we're giving you such a good intro, intro. It's like as if we want money from you or something. Do you know what I mean? We're like, there, she's our best friend. And she's amazing. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. Oh, my God. I, you know, I'm stuck here in quarantine being a very good boy. I'm staying inside, washing my hands, watching Netflix, drinking wine pizza so um so far so good can't complain it sounds like the perfect staycation um you know if it was one one or two days it'll be perfect but we are now in day 11 and i'm going insane <laughs> oh, yeah, 11 is it, has it, wow has new york been on lockdown for 11 days um i believe it's been maybe two weeks now if i'm not mistaken what is it like? I know we before we started recording, we were talking about it, but maybe just, you know, t- tell us what's New um, York, what's the atmosphere like? Well, I mean, it's definitely, uh, you know, New York being such a fast-paced city, it's definitely a situation where it's a, it's this weird atmosphere um, when you go outside for, uh, like, a deli run or you have to go, like, pick up essentials. Um, it's this weird atmosphere because you know that there's not anyone outside and um, it's it's... The city's so fast when it comes to work and nightlife and just you know, one of the the fastest and biggest city in, in the world is like to like it's at, at like a stop. So you, mm-hmm. you can feel it. Like you can definitely feel that like there's like a different vibe going on. But I think that as unfortunate the situation is, um I'm I'm looking at the situation as a, a reset. Um and it really, it's giving everyone a chance to catch up and just, when we come back, we'll come back to a, a new clean slate. Um, also, I hope that everyone is staying inside and washing their hands um, because the fastest, uh, the more we stay inside and, and follow the rules, the faster we can get rid of this pandemic and um, get back to our, our normal. And the faster we get through it, the faster you queens can go back to performing and entertaining us, Candy. Oh my God. You don't even understand. Because... I went from doing five to six shows weekly to having none. So being um, in a bar and on stage and meeting people and touching people and interacting and the energy and going from that to going to absolutely nothing, it's such a a mindfuck because I'm so used to the energy that people give me. And um, now I don't really have that. So, and it's, it's weird. It's so weird. Let's get to the performances. Let's get to the positives and what you do, yeah. Candy. Because you are, as I said, you're a phenomenal entertainer. You really are. Okay. Like, 
And I'm not even, you know, you really are. You've got the whole package there. When we saw you in New York, honestly, like we were so blown away. We saw you, I think, a good two, three times. We, yeah. When we we wanted to see you again and again, like you, you were probably the highlight of our trip. I have to say, uh, and I'm not just saying uh, it for the podcast. Genuinely, you know, I I tell people, um, being being. Being one of the girls that hasn't been on television, but being one of the girls that hasn't been on TV and is still popular and in the in the spotlight, it's definitely um, a weird situation, and I get judged a lot because you know people haven't seen me on TV to judge me from what they've seen on TV. People can only judge me from what they see on Instagram and what other people say about me on Reddit and whatnot. And I tell everyone, I'm like, if you really want to get to know me, you're not gonna know me based off of a photo that I upload on Instagram or a tweet. You're gonna get to know me by coming to one of my shows you know i do these hour and a half cabaret shows where i'm hosting and performing and having a good time and interacting with the audience and that's really where you get to see me in my prime uh on stage doing what i love to do and what i've been trained to do my entire life um so i tell everyone like if you want to like if you want to dislike me dislike me but dislike me after you come see me on a show because i promise you i'm going to change your mind about the way you, you view me and think about me because you know that's what i do i perform i i, I love to to make people feel at least for the hour and a half of there on my show, make people feel special and just, like, have a good fucking time, you know? Can the church say amen to Literally. that? Literally. <laughs> you know what we did? We, we did have a fucking good time. We do yeah. feel special. And also, when you do a song, <laughs> like, I know when I've really enjoyed a show, when I'm going away with that new song, and I'm thinking I'm performing it in my bedroom, and yeah. I'm living my best life. <laughs> I love. So speaking about, you know, you performing, and you've been trained to do this for such a long time, how did Candy Muse come about? How how did your career start, Candy? Well, the thing is, so right after high school, uh, my friends kept telling me, like, oh, you, you you would be so good for drag. And I believe this is uh, during season maybe three or four of Drag Race was on. Um, and my friends kept telling me, like, oh, my God, I know you should do drag. You should totally be a drag queen. Your personality is amazing. And I was just, like, not into the whole idea. Granted, growing up in school, I've always been in cheerleading, step team, dance team, and theater. I've always done, like, all, like, all, like gay stuff. I've always been, like, a little fighting child. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I remember watching Drag Race uh, during freshman year of high school in 2009. Um, and uh, uh, season one was on, on VH1. So I remember watching that. So I knew, I wasn't sure exactly what drag was, but I knew... Like, I was watching something. I was watching these men turn into these glamorous women. Um, so there was something turning in my head. And after high school finished, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do as far as, like, college or my career. Um, so I went into this really dark depression for an entire year. I didn't leave my house. Um, mm-hmm. And that's when I really started to, like, explore was makeup in my own home. And uh, from there, one thing led to another, and I just started, like, doing uh ordering wigs and stuff online and i would take photos in my bedroom i would just like do like makeup looks and upload them on instagram um and this is of course I, I didn't have a name um uh and then one day i watched a documentary and i that's where i got my name from and uh when i went out to my first gay bar after you know uh practicing so for so long in my bedroom, I was like, okay, I have to like eventually like go out and make drag friends. Because I hadn't been to a gay bar, I didn't know any drag queen. Um so I had gone to my first gay bar at TNT and then that's where I met Aja and Momo Shane. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really how like my career really took off was really when I interacted with other drag queens and that's when I started to understand 
what it is that I was getting myself into and what I was doing. And it, it's it's weird to say, but like I feel like everything I've done so far has led up to this moment because I'm such an and I'm very aware of the amazing entertainer that I am that I feel like everything has trained me to like be the great entertainer that I am today. So um yeah, it, it was definitely like a weird start because I definitely didn't want to do drag. I was, Brilliant. I was like, well, I don't want to shave because I want to be cute for the boys. I'm like, I'm like, well, fuck all that. <laughs> drag race, has that heavily influenced you? Or, or would you say that, you know, you, you sort of happened to discover it and they just, ha- you know, it just happened to be on TV? Well, the thing is, I was definitely watching uh, Drag Race. I watched season one, two, three, and four. Um, but... Uh, I don't think that girl, uh, when I first started drag, I wasn't looking at drag race necessarily to uh, influence me in any way. I was mostly looking at like beautiful women that I really liked and like that I really enjoyed looking at because I've always wanted to look like a woman and embody a woman. So, mm. um, but I definitely wasn't look, looking at drag. I wasn't honestly like I wasn't really looking at drag race until season nine when Anja got on. Being that she's my yeah. drag mother, it wasn't until I was influenced a little more by drag race then. But um, I think at the beginning of my career, I was definitely just more focused on like finding an aesthetic that works for me and finding like what looks and what performances work for me. Um, but drag race definitely later on, and mostly because a lot of my a lot of my supporters and people that know me now um, have met me because of drag race. Wow. Yeah. Great. So saying that, you know, in terms of your inspiration, if you're inspired by Drag Race, etc., what, who, who are your inspirations then? Um. Well, one of my uh, Gaga being one of my biggest inspirations. Yes. Performance artist and as a uh, uh, a fashion icon. Um. And definitely, uh, Candy Darling, who was the muse of Andy Warhol, which is where I got my name from, because she was this beautiful blonde woman. And I've always been obsessed with like blondes. Um. Mm. So, this beautiful blonde trans woman, and I want to be beautiful just like her. Um, and Anna Nicole Smith, and just like uh, any like blonde bimbo, just beautiful. <laughs> or just, I love Isaiah. Yeah, I always wanted to embody like something that was just like gorgeous. Cause, you know, it's always been um, wanted to be gorgeous, but also wanted to be entertaining because I think people uh, see some queens that are like, like quote unquote pretty. And they think automatically, like, oh, well, she's not entertaining. And she's just a look. And I wanted to give a look and be entertaining. So uh, definitely Gaga, one of being one of my uh, biggest inspirations. Um, and, you know, uh, girls like Lana Del Rey, uh, who are just beautiful in the face, who actually gave me my first drag name, Trey Blossom, years, years, years ago. Um, but definitely I wasn't influenced, yeah, uh, with drag race until, like, later on. There were some beautiful bitches that walked into season nine. I like that. Um, okay, so I'm going to start sidetrack slightly. You mentioned uh, Gaga is one of your inspirations. How do you feel about her? <laughs> you were going to ask this bitch. Current situation where she's like cancelling and postponing everything. Please give oh, us your take on it. You know, I know a lot of people, a lot of people were upset about it, um, and I think that people in their mind are thinking like, oh well, in this time, like we need music and um. We need all this positivity. And I get that. Um, but as an artist, 
Um, I can only imagine what her mindset is. And it's just like, I'm sure she's like, well, I don't want to release music during this pandemic time when people are dying because that's selfish of me. I, I'm, I would only imagine that's what she's thinking. Um, I'm not too upset about it. I was very excited for her album release in April. But I'll be just as excited when she releases it in August or September or next year, January, you know? Um, <laughs> Please, you can't keep us waiting for much longer. Do you know how long I've been waiting for certain albums? <laughs> Who does she think she is? Rihanna? Girl, don't complain, no. <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully it comes in, 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 in May or in June. All what I'm saying is Dua Lipa has released one and she's releasing a B-side very soon. So, you know. Apparently. Mm. Well, the album was really good, so... Well, girl, trust me, I, I can't wait for like all this to be over and the gay clubs to open again and just play our album back to back. Yeah. Oh, I know. Well, you know, and every single queen is going to be uh, performing uh, her album. So, oh, yeah, we know. Will you be performing her album? Um, if I learn it, yes. It takes me so People don't realize how long it takes me to learn a song, so. <laughs> I, want, I want a Candy Muse mega mix to the album. Yes. Like, I want you to, the Queens can perform, but you can perform the whole album. Well, you know me. Well, I'll probably find my favorite song for the album and perform it 70 times the way I did uh, with Icy and Kim Petras. So. Girl, we, we've seen you perform and we, we do know you. Like, it, it, is, it is a treat to watch you perform. It's so good. Like, every time I've just come to your shows, I've just had a smile on my face. Can we take a moment and discuss um, your performance? And in particular, I'm not sure if you remember, but you did the song Curiosity. Ugh. And you felt your fantasy and your weave was on point and the fan oh was on. Oh, my God. And you know what's so funny about that? Is it funny that you mentioned that specific performance? Because I remember that day specifically, uh, mm. something went wrong with my outfit very last minute that I had to run out to the nearest sex store and buy, like, a skimpy little, like, oh And I remember getting ready downstairs and just being so upset. I was just so upset. And I was like, wow, like, I have a double booking tonight and I just don't like the way I look and I'm just so over it. And it wasn't until the last very second where I put everything on. I was like, oh, bitch. <laughs> and then, so, a lot of people know me as a high-energy performer. Um, yeah. I, and that I, I do. But recently, I've been into just, like, slowing it down and making it sexy and, and, and making it, like, just different from what people know me uh, um, for. Um, that song, Curiosity... It, like, something about it, like, whenever it comes on, I just, like, I, a, a switch comes on, I just, like, turn into, like, this sex mode. And that day, I had my 40-inch human hair on, and I was yeah. feeling the fantasy. Mm-hmm. And you know what it is also? A lot of my friends were in the audience. And I have this thing where when there are people that I know in the audience um, that are coming to see my show, um, I have to give them more than I do on the regular. Because I have to show them why why this audience is packed and why I am the mm. you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. You know what? I, just from speaking to you, I can tell you absolutely love being on that stage. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I don't think there's ever been a time. The only time I'm, like, stage fright is um, when I'm as a boy. I don't want to be on nowhere near a stage. But I, I, being in drag, I love hosting. I love being on stage, I love the attention, I love giving a performance and, and just the, the energy from the audience and just telling a story and captivating the audience through the art of a song and performance. And I just think that 
it truly is uh, a talent to convey someone while lip syncing to someone else's song for four minutes, you know? Because mm. not everyone can do it. A lot, of, a lot of girls can do drag, and a lot of girls can perform, but not, mm. not a lot of girls have star quality, and I think that that's what separates an entertainer from a drag queen. And speaking about your, you know, your boy self, um, how do you, you know, has being a, a drag queen, you know, helped your boy self? How do you, what's your boy self like? It did they merge into one? Can you tell us more about that? Um, so drag definitely has influenced me as a boy, uh, because I would say that before drag, I wasn't as confident, uh, um, as a boy, um, as I was in drag. Um, I was, I definitely cared about the opinions of others and especially the opinions of men. Um, so I was really self-conscious, and I had a lot of body issues. And um, when, for some reason, whenever I was in drag, I was showing a lot of skin and just being really sexy. And um, I think uh, uh, um, the more I got comfortable in drag, is the more I got comfortable with my femininity in dra- uh, out of drag and also with my look and my, and my appearance. And I definitely, I've become more self-aware of having self-love. And I think also a lot of that comes from from people that look up to me, a lot of I, I, a lot of times I hear uh, people come up to me and tell me how how uh, just me like showing off and being sexy has uh, made them so confident about their body. And I think that when people if people can look at me and and think, wow, he's she's super confident. Like I love that. Then I should be able to look at myself and, and tell myself like, you know what? I should give myself some self love because I am. Bitch, I am it. I am that bitch. And I think that, <laughs> hello, I think that uh, not everyone has self-love, and, and self-love is the hardest thing to give yourself. But I think just working on it little by little, and drag definitely has opened that up for me uh, as far as, like, loving who I am as a person in and out of drag. Um, I know some girls are only comfortable in drag, but I, I love it. I love being in drag. I love being out of drag. You know, I love yeah. my boys as much as I love candy. So. I love so that. Good. I love that, and I can tell from your Instagram, you love both styles, from all your posing and all your blowing kisses and everything. Yeah, I love it. I mean, like I love growing out a beard as much as I love shaving it and looking like a beautiful woman. I love, I love both. That's so interesting. You know, I was listening really carefully to that, and it's really interesting that you say that. You know, being in drag and giving, um, portraying that female fantasy has really helped you reconcile and accept your feminine side as a boy I think that's really profound and it's really interesting and I'm sure there's so many of our listeners that are listening and um or you know many people who are emerging butterflies as we as you say <laughs> and um you know they, they would find that very inspiring it's 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 embracing and really accepting and knowing who you are right yeah absolutely I don't think we can do this interview without asking you about your your dolls, your dollhouse. Yes, the dolls. Girl, your dolls. Tell us all about the dolls, Candy. Oh, Tell yeah, we've had about the we've dolls. had a number of them on the podcast, haven't we? Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, those girls, I have uh, just a handful of of girls who I oh, I'm a really I'm not a fan of a lot of drag queens. I'll tell you that right now, and I it, it's amazing when you get to be a fan of your friends because you love what they do, and I am such a fan of my friends um, and my drag sisters. So we obviously have Dahlia and Janelle, and then my daughter Tsunami, and then my drag mother Aja, and um, everyone, every, every each and every single one of them has had uh, an ounce of influence into my drag and. I think that it's amazing when you get to um, 
take uh, criticism from your mates and really put it into your drag and your lifestyle. Um, because we, we, we're not only talking about drag here. These are people that I, like, spend every single day with outside of drag. Um, and it's truly, like, a blessing. And uh, I'm so lucky because I know that not a lot of girls have uh, the amazing family that I have. You know? Mm. <laughs> Love those bitches. <laughs> <laughs> What's it like being a, a, a drag mother? Because I am personally... I, you know, I saw Tsunami for the first time in and December. Also, and go on. I was just going to say. Interrupting me. Sorry. I was wow. just going to say, can we talk about how great of a job Candy is doing raising Tsunami? Girl, trust. Yeah, what a great drag mother. Because, like, Tsunami is, oh, my gosh, she's incredible. Oh, and... she, I am such a fan of her. And, be, like, I always tell, and before she always comes off stage, I'm like, this is one of my favorite performers in New York City. Because she's something fresh. And who... Someone told her, I think it was either Honey Davenport or The Vixen. And they were like, you're just like this, you're this fresh energy. And there's something so modern and new about you. And it's, it's, it's such, it's so true. I remember when I first saw Tsunami, uh, it was Asha Quita's uh, show, uh, Drag Wars. Um, and she, mm. uh, me and Asha were actually watching from the back. And she ended up winning that night. And I remember me and Asha looked at each other and we said, the, her style tonight reminds us of the old house of Aja when we first started. And uh, we were like, yeah, right? She's so dope. And she ended up winning that night. Um, and she came up to us after the show. She goes, oh, my God, I'm a huge fan of you guys. You guys are incredible. Such a sweetheart. I was like, oh, you know, nice to meet you, all this bullshit. And um, so I, my show, Queen for Queen, happened right before Drag Wars. So we would always stay after to watch Drag Wars. And she won, like, five weeks in a row. And then, uh, so Shaquita has a show, uh, the Shaquita show at Hardware every Thursday, and it's a really big, like, Thursday night show. And if you get booked for that show, like, girl, you, you're doing good. And Tsunami was booked for it with three other girls from Jaguars, and they were doing a group number, and she was on that stage. And with being on stage before Jaguars is not easy, but all I could look at was her. And I was like, she reminds me of myself. Like, this bitch is a star. So one day, uh, <clears throat> <laughs> we were out to Abercadabra here in New York City to uh, shop for makeup because she wants to just like hang out. And this is uh, uh after that day um at Harder, we had been hanging out for like two months. So we were shopping for makeup one day, and I was like, I was like, girl, what if I just making my drag daughter? She was like, what? I was like, how does tsunami news sound? She was like, don't play with me. And I was like, girl, let's do it. Um, <laughs> and me being the extra bitch that I am, I was like, we're gonna announce it. We're gonna do a photo shoot. It's gonna be amazing. Um, we're gonna, you know, so we did all that. But I technically also have two drag children. I have Tsunami, and then I have um, Janelle Number Five, um, who's my drag sister. But um, I came up with her name, and I've helped her a lot. I'm more like a mother figure to her, um, and she'll tell you that herself. Um, and it, it's so interesting because having drag children is such a weird concept because everything that they do, you're so nitpicky about because you're like, no, no, you're not going to do that because you're, <laughs> you're such like a mother figure to them. And you're like, you want them to be so perfect. And also, anything those bitches do lands right back on you. When, they, when they're sickening, you must be living and so proud. Oh my God. Look, like, I, I, let me tell you, like, even seeing from like 
what Janelle Salami were last year to what they are now. These are like fully figured entertainers. They found out their look. They found what works for them. And this is what I mean when I'm not a fan of a lot of queens because a lot of queens just go into trends and what's happening now. And my girls, what they do, they don't follow trends. They they go for what works for them. Like Salami is a fashion girl. She is a model. I call her the Naomi Campbell of drag because that mm-hmm. is what it is. Um, and Janelle truly has found her look and what works for her. So it's just incredible seeing, like, what my amazing drag family, like, how amazing they really are. I've been really blessed and lucky with, with them. So you're saying that in terms of, you know, drag, you don't... I'm not trying to spill tea here. Okay, tea. <laughs> girl, what's up? I know the dollhouse is about tea. You know, okay, let's go, let's go for it. Like, you said, you know, you're a fan of some drag queens and you're not a fan of some. Can you name, shame, tell us the tea? Um, I don't know if there's specifically one drag queen that I necessarily am not a fan of. Um, there are just certain queens that don't just do it for me. And I know that, that they say that New York City has some of the best drag, but I think that everyone in New York City has an opportunity, so that makes this, uh, that makes it so that everyone's able to do drag. And I'm, I'm so sorry. Everyone can do drag. I just don't think that drag is for everyone when it comes to terms of a, a full-time job. I think that some girls follow trends and some girls just don't have the it factor. And it mm-hmm. sounds like, saying it out loud, it's like, oh, that's so mean. But, like, it's just the reality of it. I think that we've come into um, this, the times now where, you know, if you buy a Marcel wig and a custom gown, guys, bitch, work their drag queen. It's like, but wait, where's the star quality? Where's the factor of entertainment? Mm-hmm. And yeah. you don't have to be a, 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 a performer to do drag. However, there has to be an essence of of star quality within you to be able to be a, a, a full on drag queen. Like I just so I I just don't appreciate drag that's underwhelming and that's like it's just follow trends and just and they just don't care. Queens that I love that I adore are queens like Jasmine Rice Labeja, who's one of my favorite drag queens in New York City or in the world, really. Um, Queens like uh, Bambi Banks from Chicago and, and queens like Carl Cavalli from uh, Orlando, Florida. I just have my, my hand-picked girls that I really do enjoy. And and uh, like West Dakota from Brooklyn. And, you know, there's just... I, these are girls who are fully realized and put time and effort into what they do. So when you've worked with some of the Drag Race girls, have you had... Um... Have you have you have you ever worked with some of them and gone? I don't see it. Listen, there have been multiple uh, queens from uh, Drag Race that I've worked with. I'm like, wow, you just got lucky, huh? Because there's just no 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 substance there. So, um, without naming names, can you tell us a few nightmare stories? Like, did somebody like come up with like a massive rider or like? With it being a diva, what was it like? This one queen from, from the very old season, so I want to see her maybe like season three around there. Oh. We had her um, at my show at Metropolitan Bar on Saturdays. And mm-hmm. she did this, I want to say, 14 minute like mix. And you can just tell the audience was so uncomfortable. And my boss was so uncomfortable. He looked at me. He goes, can you please perform after this again? I had, so I had performed before her. They were living. He was like, can you please perform after her again, please? 
<laughs> okay, so you said season three. I'm gonna say that was probably Mimi M first. Probably Mimi M first, but I'm gonna keep you guessing on that one. Oh, girl! She's an impersonator, but I'll leave it at that. Girl, we know the dollhouse is all about spilling the tea. Girl, we listen. We already got in trouble. I don't get no more trouble. Why do you get in a lot of trouble, Candy? Oh, I think that I'm. I'm really an outspoken person and I think that necessarily I sometimes forget that I'm in the public eye and I'm always out to defend my girls and if anyone says anything negative about my girls, I'm going to come for you 10 times harder and I think that sometimes I forget, damn, I really can't come for people the way I used to anymore because I'm I'm not just a, you know, a regular queen they, they, I'm, I'm smart like people are looking at what I'm saying um so sometimes, and I take full responsibility for things that I think that maybe are like out of character and out of line sometimes. Um, but you know, as of recent, you know, where like Jake Yancey making videos of me and my girls, like people have been coming for us nonstop. And I think that now is the cool thing to hate on the, the dollhouse um, because of you know Dolly being on season twelve and and people just just disliking us for no reason, but. Uh, we don't let any of that thing get, get in that way. I really don't care what anyone has to say because, like I said, if you really want to get to know me, come to my show. You're not going to get to know me from a tweet or from a, a 10-second live video, so. But you know what? That, 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 that's the truth, though. Like, we we came to your show, you entertained, you were sickening, and also you were so nice. You were stood for ages talking to people afterwards and before and meeting everyone and taking pictures as well and taking that time out for everyone. And, and I try to be nice to everyone because that one, that's just the kind of person that I am. And two, I would never, I remember what it was like when I went to battle of the seasons and waited outside for the girls because I couldn't afford a meet and greet. This is during what? During season five, six. And uh, some of the girls came out and, and met uh, some of the fans. And some of the girls just went about their business and ignored us. And I remember feeling uh, uh, like shit when one of my favorite queens wouldn't pay attention to me. And I would never want to make someone feel the way I felt back in those days. So I want to make it my business. I don't care if I'm sweaty, if my weight fell off, if I'm going to stay <laughs> after the show and I'm going to talk to everyone. And if you want a selfie, sure, I'm sweaty, but let's do it. Send it to me, take a face with it. Um, let's take photos, let's take videos, let's have a good time, let's do a shot, you know, let's do the damn thing. And sometimes there are kids that are not 21 and up that can't come into the bar that will be outside of the bar and I'll make it my business to go outside and meet them you know it's just but that's just me as an entertainer and as just a nice person in general do you know what I'm trying to say thank you for doing that as well because that's amazing because it's a lot of your time it's a lot of your energy and willpower and everything but what you do for people when you do that is so much and if you guys um are unable to see uh, Candy Muse perform. You can always catch her in the VIP lounge, right? <laughs> oh yeah, you yeah, got you sitting on a VIP, honey. <laughs> <laughs> so let, I really want to talk about this because this has become an internet sensation of being all alone in the VIP lounge, and even I did it with my alter ego character that I play. Yeah. Tell us about where that came from. So this, okay, it's actually a really funny story. Um, and it's, it's I mean, it's a fucking story in general, but. You know, we're, 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 it's it's a meme now, so we can talk about it. There's a photo of me sitting along with the AP, and then there's a tweet. These two things happen on two different occasions. Mm-hmm. My friend happened to take a photo of me sitting alone, literally out of the AP because I was over it, then I want to be at the gig anymore. And then that went viral in itself. Then one day I tweeted out, and I remember this day I was at a gig by myself, and I was in the AP sitting alone. And there was no one in the AP. I was there, I didn't have a friend with me at the gig. And I remember that day feeling 
super alone. I, me- I remember tweeting that out. Um, and Bitch Pudding, uh, the winner of Dragon Season 2, actually texted me that night to make sure that I'm okay and that I'm fine. Because, you know, you it, it's it's difficult sometimes being alone in, in spaces like that in mm-hmm. uh, in nightlife. So, and I remember tweeting that and, and, and just feeling so alone and feeling so, like, wow, I don't really have anyone here with me. Like, it's really, like, a lonely industry because, in reality, like, all these people talk to you, but, like, they don't give two shits about you. So, that's how I felt. So, um... <clears throat> So one day, uh, Sharon Lito's boyfriend actually screenshotted the tweet and tweeted about it, saying how ungrateful I am because I should be grateful that I'm a VIP and that I have this platform and so on and so forth. Um, and he just dropped mm-hmm. me and all of Sharon Lito's fans started dragging me. And I was like, hold on. I don't even know you, and you're not going to tell me the way I should feel. You, as a white man, are not going to suppress my feelings on how about I should be feeling. And then we went back and forth on Twitter, and, like, Sharon just got involved. And then I remember him just saying, like, lies about me, saying that I was booked in San Francisco, and I was late to the gig, and I threatened to sue uh, the bar, and which is so untrue. I was like, wait, you're talking about a gig that I was nine hours late to because my plane was nine hours delayed. When I got there, I missed the gig, and I was only there for the meet and greet. And they asked me if I wanted to get paid in full, and I said, well, of course. I didn't find the plane. It's not my fault the plane was late nine hours. You know, out of that, apparently, I said I was going to sue the bar, and, which is so untrue. Like, I would never. I am so grateful for every opportunity that I get. But he tweeted that, and this is, you know, from that, I was I blocked him, and I just went about my business. And then Meatball, Ellie and McQueen, started reenacting the tweet on Instagram and from there people started catching on and it just became this like big VIP and Paolo Vittar did it and Petras, Aquaria, Tricks Mattel, uh, even Sharon, which I thought was actually really funny. Um, and just all these, all these big mm-hmm. name people started doing it. Uh, and this, I, I call it the movement, uh, uh, just Jan Spore and, and everyone, everyone, everyone. And Drag Race actually tweeted about it the other day. They didn't tag me. I saw that, and they did not tag you. <laughs> it's fine. Everyone, you know, I don't care if not to not be tagged, but everyone knows where it comes from and where it rules from. And I'm actually working on a really special project with a really big Rugo. Uh, uh, I'm going to say uh, stay tuned on iTunes real soon. Well, you know, art comes from um, a dark place sometimes, and you, uh, you know, I'm so glad it went viral. Put it on a t-shirt and sell it, girl, because it is so funny. I love, I love it. Every time I see all alone in the VIP, it's just iconic. I love it. But so d- d- how did how did you feel though, like when it started going viral? And you're like, what the I, fuck? You know, because at first it felt really shitty because I was like, why wow, people are making fun of me because of this whole situation, and I didn't know how to feel. But the second it started going viral, I was like, okay, we're seeing something that's going on here and i lost it when willem did it because willem is my favorite drag queen ever and i was like yes bitch work i just it's something where uh it it, is really from a a very dark and negative place um and Mm -hmm. seeing that now is this huge meme like you don't even understand how many times i get tagged on instagram uh, on at, like at least like fifteen a day about people sitting in VIP alone, and not just in VIP, but sitting anywhere alone. You know, um, it, it truly is. I don't know. It's fun. It feels like everything that I've been working for is coming like full circle. Because it's like, okay, I left. At least if I can't succeed with anything else in life, I did something that was monumental. 
And that is Smell on VIP. I love it. And the gays. There are many other viral videos that I have on my Instagram, so pick one. Pick anyone. So, um, you have managed to, you know, make a name for yourself without Drag Race and really, you know, mark your territory. But is Drag Race the dream candy? You know, Drag Race is such such a huge platform and I am such a fan of this show. Um, and I, I, you know, I've been watching the show now for 12 years, 10 years, whatever, how many years the show's been on since season one. I, my, you know, I'm a huge fan of the show. I keep up with every season. Um, and it's a huge platform and I've seen what it's done for Aja, my drag mother, and what it's doing for Dolly, my sister. And if one day I was given the opportunity to get on the show and, and create a huge platform, I would absolutely take it, you know, um. And Drag Race, it, it, it's done so much for our community and so much for the drag community. And it really has put drag on the forefront um, and, and on the mainstream. And it, absolutely, Drag Race is it's a huge platform. I think any drag queen that says she wanted everyone of the Drag Race, I think she's lying. Um, but, yeah, I, I, you know, one day hopefully maybe I'll get on. And, and if not, that's fine too. But... You know, I, I would love to have the platform one day. So Yeah, and it's such a big uh, platform and it's such a great position to be in, which is why it's such a shame to see what's transpired with uh, Sherry Pie this season and, and how that sort of dampened the whole mood. I mean, she's a New York queen. You're a New York queen. What, what's your take on that? You know, um, I, I've worked very closely with, uh, with Sherry Pie. Um, I did a Sunday brunch with Sherry um, and, and Britta, and then I uh, we also used to do Wednesdays with Sherry at the Red. So it's it's a weird situation watching someone you knew and, and looked at as a really great entertainer because Sherry always had concepts and new looks, and uh, it's weird seeing her now in this light. Um, it's it, it's I don't know it's. It's such surreal. a surreal. It's it's it, I, yeah no it's honestly surreal because you know you're about to embark on the biggest journey of your life and then all that gets shot down because of a mistake not a mistake a stupid action that you've done um, and of course you know I I my heart goes out for all the victims um, of Sherry's shenanigans and bullshit and, and you know I hope that she gets what she deserves. Yeah, yeah, I thought Sherry Pye had had it in her to go all the way, and you know, with just with her art, I, you know, and so I was gagged when I heard this. But yeah, what I mean, obviously, Dahlia is part of uh, Dollhouse. Who who are you rooting for? Um, so obviously, I was rooting for Dahlia and Nikki, and my two girls have gone home. Um, I am Team Jada all the way. Jada for the win. I see that I'm that's, I'm picking her as my winner, but. Again, this season is also one of the most outstanding and talented casts that the show has really had in a very long time. Um, I think, especially coming after the shit show that was season 11, because <laughs> um, to me that's like one of the worst seasons ever. People say season 7 is the worst season, I think it's 11. But uh, I think uh, season 12 is really one of the strongest casts that they've had in a very long time. Do you know what? In this household over here, we stand Jada. The thing is, it's like, she is such a sweet person, and I've gotten to really know Jada. <coughs> oh, sorry. I've gotten to really know Jada, and she's just a sweetheart, and 
she's an amazing performer. She's just gorgeous. She's just the whole package. I love her so much. She's completely in full package. Like, you know, she's stunning to look at. And then she's funny as well. And a grip everything. You know, you've got me thinking about season 11. Whilst we're talking, I've just Googled season 11. And I completely get what you mean in terms of it being a weak season. Because even some of the episodes that we like... We like them because of how bad some of the stuff is. Like, season 11, episode 2. Oh, that episode, girl. I did like that one. D- oh, episode 3, Diva Worship. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we I, I we watch it on repeat, but the reason is because some of it's not that great, right? So, yeah, that's interesting. You've got me thinking now. I mean, uh, also, like, Andy. with the cast, like, you, you jam-packed 15 girls. It's like, whoa, that's a lot of girls. Like, you know, I was like, with, with yeah. 12... We were able to, like, three girls have gone home, but you feel like you know them because you were able to connect with them because it wasn't such a jam-packed situation. I think season 11 was just, like, you know, unfortunate. <laughs> no, I, no I, I agree with you. And you know what? I I just want to see you on Drag Race so badly because I want to see you in it untucked. The world needs to see Candy. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. You in untucked would be everything. We all turn the party in untucked. It would be, like, literally everything. Okay, now is the time where we'd like to play a little bit of British trivia with our guests. Um, and it's really worth it. I would strongly... <laughs> I would. Why are you laughing? <laughs> you think it's worth it? <laughs> I would strongly uh, advise you to put your best foot forward, please, Candy, because if you are successful in answering these questions, um, you win an honorary British citizenship. Yeah, I want one of those. Yeah, uh, just to let you know, the fine print says that this has no legal standing. You may not necessarily receive one from the government, but I will give you one. And also, you can only cash in on it uh, after this corona stuff (laughs) 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 subsides and, uh, you know, flights are back on. So, with that said, let's get excited. I've got a few British trivia questions. And uh, if you get a certain uh, number right, you get the citizenship. How many you get right? I don't know. We'll figure that out. Ooh, Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Dramatic music. I'll I'll edit some dramatic music in here. Okay. How many countries are they in the United Kingdom? Can you name them? All right. I'm gonna try to not cheat and Google this. No, you can't. You can't, can't Google it. <laughs> How many countries are in the United Kingdom? Yeah. This is rapid fire candy, come on. Oh, oh uh, I'm gonna say one, right? <laughs> like the UK, isn't the UK one? <laughs> we love you, candy, but. Like, wow. No! <laughs> wow, okay, no, actually, uh, there are four countries in the United Kingdom. I, it's oh, wow. a, I mean, it's a United Kingdom, like, it can't be what. So basically, it's England, Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland. Oh, girl. That is a lot. I was not gonna know that one. But I'm <laughs> wow, you thought we were all the same. Wow. <laughs> Question number two. Let's make this easier. What's the capital of England? Oh wait, I know this one. The capital of England is um. Wait, no, I know this one. We're the capital of England. Oh God, um. Not Wales, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, Candy, right? <laughs> wow. I, 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 
I wish what the capital of England is London. Oh my god, I knew that. I'm going yeah, there. I'm everyone knows that. Come I, on, the I queen believe, comes from London. I believe you when you say that you knew that. But Wales is a country, and we just told you. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it is? I was thinking of the the. Is it the Princess of Wales? Okay, so he, that that is um, uh, Prince Charles, the Prince. Um, heir apparent. Uh, so he's the Queen's son. He's the Prince of Wales. It's so weird to me that you guys have like a, a royal family, but I, yeah. yeah, British aristocracy is complicated for the sake of being complicated. Like you have a Dutch and a Duchess of everywhere. Anyway, but basically, the capital living in England is still not Wales; it's London. Work. <laughs> I live. Okay, question number, question number, whatever it is. Um, how old is the queen, and where does she live? For a bonus point. Okay, I know she lives in um London. Am I correct? Yeah, but like, what's the building name? I want to know. Is it the Buckingham Palace? Yes. yes. Well done. See, a queen knows where a queen lives, right? Okay. How old is she, though? I'm gonna say 87. Close. Not not too far off. She's 93. <gasps> okay, hold on, because I just saw a photo of her driving the other day, and there's no way they're letting a 93 year old woman drive on the roads. Yes. Uh, when you own the country and all the people, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Her husband literally ran over, <laughs> ran somebody over a few months ago, and his defense was that it was too shiny, like the sun was shining too bright, and uh, he's still driving. And he's like 96. So, yeah, you can. That's not good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. But the royal you know. family can do anything. <laughs> yeah, they can do whatever they want because they're all cousins. Okay. Um, I'm trying to come up with easy, easy ones one. now. None of these are okay. Name the two most famous English universities. Um, I'm gonna say the University of England. <laughs> I love you so much. Oh my gosh, I love you. Okay, and what's the second one? The University of of London, I guess. <laughs> you were going to say that? I just mouthed London. Is there is the University of London a real thing? I don't think it is, is it? I don't know. Okay, but like, no. it's not the, the one. You are very close. Very, very close. It's Oxford. actually the University of Oxford and the University of Cambridge, or Cambridge University. Oh, you know what? I actually did know that. And I don't know why they didn't Okay, I've heard about Cambridge before. Yeah, it's a really fancy luscious town people around the world will come to the, go to the university yeah so it's one of the most famous universities in the world mm, well you know what I, i've got one okay right let's let's who won drag race uk season one? Oh, um vivian yes yeah ding 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 okay last question should we call this the last question yeah go on i'm gonna give you a hard actually no last two questions the first one is name the famous Scottish water monster. The Loch Ness monster. Yes. yes! Well done. Yes. Okay. And the last question. This is going to be a little bit tricky. Are you ready? Oh, let's go. And this will this will decide as to whether you're 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 a British citizen or not. A prehistoric circle of stones dating back five thousand years is a big tourist attraction. What is it called? <laughs> Go what? The a prehistoric circle of stones. Yeah, a prehistoric circle of stones 
Can you stop laughing, please? <laughs> a prehistoric circle of stones. <laughs> Who gives this kind of question? <laughs> oh my god, can I... <laughs> okay. A prehistoric circle of stones dating back 5,000 years is a big tourist attraction. What is it called? Uh, where, where is this located? Uh, the south of England. South of England. Mm. Uh, you got Google up. Oh. You've got Google up, girl. No, wait, wait. No, I'm actually not going to. Wait, circle of stones. <laughs> You're googling this. You shit are out so of it. googling this. Like, like gems, like gemstones. No, no, they're just literally massive slabs of stones. It's like a circle, and it's it's world famous. Like oh. loads of like pagans go there, and they believe that like. I don't know. People believe that it's like it was um, brought down by aliens and stuff. Wait, you're not talking about like the the, the... wait. No, um, you're not talking about like the, the stone heads, right? Yes. Oh my god! Well done. Your your internet was really fast there. Well done. No, I was like. Congratulations, Candy. The results are in, and you are now a honorary British citizen. Oh my god, are these questions that actually go on your citizenship? Yeah, why not? <laughs> we, we, we don't know. We, we would fail the citizenship. Most people would hear. Yeah, 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 yeah. But no, you, you get it. You will receive your welcome pack, including fish and chips. Work. Have you ever been to England? Um, no, I'm going to go for the first time in June for Drag Fest. Oh, oh yes, yes, that's in London course. and Manchester, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll be coming close to us. We're we're gonna go see you, in Manchester. Manchester. Yeah, Manchester, June fourteenth. Oh, you know, hopefully, if all this shit works out, but <laughs> yeah, fingers. If crossed. not, you know what? It will happen. Yeah. Well, yeah. If not, we'll eventually end up in, in the UK, regardless. So. Oh, you're gonna love it here. England's got a lot of flavors, and and we're uh, Girl, a we're, lot of flavors. We're we're uh, we're an interesting bunch, especially once we've. Okay, you know when you come to England and when you're performing, I think you should keep a lookout for how people are when they're sober versus drunk. It's is crazy. Like everyone's like Jekyll and Hyde. It's so well. It's so wild, but it's a lot of fun. Really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every everyone when they're sober, they're like, "Oh, hello, yes, wonderful." It's a drag performance, and when they're drunk, they're like, "Yeah." Like that's what I think when I think the UK, like the the drunk ones, not the proper ones. Yeah. Oh yeah. The, 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 everyone's drunk by two p.m. Yeah. Yeah. We've had lockdown, and like the shelves are literally stripped of alcohol. Everyone's drinking at home. So yeah, we're a functioning alcoholic nation. So I just want to say thank you so much, Candy. Oh my God! No, thank you. Uh, um, being here. Just uh, a, a, a few more things, you know, uh, we have a lot of um, people, LGBTQ plus people of colour that listen to this podcast from like, you know, a place, uh, oppressive places where they can't really be themselves and things such as that. What kind of what kind of like message would you send out to these people? Oh, my God. Um, being a, a queer person of colour myself, I know that sometimes it feels like we have to work 10 times harder to... Uh, you know, have people even, like, take notice. And unfortunately, it is the truth. We do have to work 10 times harder. But just know that there are, um, there's a wide range of queer people of color that are, are what, once they see you do something successful, they, that in their minds, it sets that they can also do it. Um, I just, I, I, I just keep your head strong and, and don't let anyone tell you that you can't do it. Because honestly, Nothing is impossible, and I tell this to everyone that if I'm able to create a career out of nothing, mm. anyone is able to create anything that they ever want 
to, to do in life. Um, I think that it's just having hope and not giving up on yourself and not letting anyone tell you that you can like you can and cannot like you have to keep your head in the game and keep your eyes on your prize and your goals and not do anything because anyone else wants you to do it, but do it because you want to do it and it's and it's what it's gonna make you happy. And I know some days may feel harder than others and some days it may feel like, you know, uh uh wow, no one cares about what I do because I'm a person of color. But just know there are people out there that do care about you and um, I want to see you succeed. And especially, I, lo- I love any success story that comes from uh, a person of color, a queer person of color, uh, a trans person of color. You know, uh, just just seeing my people succeed uh, in a world of oppression is just, to me, the most incredible thing. So just keep it high and... Work, bitch! I love that. Absolutely love that. And I would say, where can people follow you? But where can people tip you, Candy? Yeah, where can people tip you? And once uh, this um, lockdown is lifted, where can people see you perform? Yes, I mean, you know, you can send me a Venmo at dkandymuse. That's T-H-E-K-A-N-D-Y-M-U-S-E. Um, or not. That's fine, too. I don't really care. Um, but you can follow me on all over Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, just anywhere. I mean, Google Candy Muse, and it'll show up. Candy with the K, of course. Um, and after this, you know, whole pandemic is done, I, I travel a lot all over the place. Um, but if you ever happen to be in New York City, um, Monday nights, I'm at Pieces Bar, and then right after, I'm at the Ritz. Saturday nights, I am at Metropolitan Bar. Sunday nights, I'm at the Ritz. Friday nights, I'm at No Bar. And then right after, I'm at Mackey Park. I am all over the place. So you're booked. The girls booked, busy, blessed, and blended. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> I love it. I can I say Queen for Queen is literally one of the best shows. Thank you so much. Queen for Queen is truly like my baby. We are about to go on three years in September, and it truly has become one of my favorite shows that I do ever, ever, ever. And I'm waiting for the merch, Queen for Queen merch, girl. Hello, we're working on it. We are working on it. And again, thank you so much for being with us, Candy. We've had such a blast. Yeah. So much for having me. Take care, stay Stay safe, and you don't love me. Yes. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Well, how was that for you? Absolutely fucking brilliant. Good. Because you know I've been dying to get Candy on for some time now. Yeah, she was so funny. Do you know what? I absolutely love the trivia. Oh my God. British (laughs) trivia. When she thought the capital of England was Wales. (laughs) That sent me. And she thought the UK was one country. Yeah, I said, how many countries are there in the United Kingdom? And she was in England. (laughs) So good. But you know what? She's an honorary Brit now. She is. Yes, congratulations, Candy Muse. You are a honorary Brit. Please stand by for your Brexit pack that will be delivered to you (laughs) shortly. Because we don't want it. Yeah. (laughs) Literally. Yes. Yes. Well, I think that's all what we've got time for today, my dear. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. And you can follow us on Instagram at youdontloveme underscore podcast. That is You Don't Love Me underscore podcast. podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at YDLM underscore podcast. That is YDLM underscore podcast. Hashtag YDLM podcast. Like us on Facebook. Go and click our, click our link. link. Oh, we're oh, clinking clink. now, girl. Mm. Go and click our link tree. Do you know what, what? a clink is? A clink is a gay click. Ooh. So instead of clicking the button, you're like, oh. 
Yes, honey. Clink, bitch. So, bitch, what I'm saying right now is go and click our link tree. We've got loads of stuff going on. We have teamed up with the um, Nazimat Foundation to make you your Corona Quarantine YouTube playlist, which we'll constantly update. We have got articles and some papers and some magazines, and we've got some more exciting things coming up. So watch this space, bitch. And thank you very much, Candy Muse. Goodbye. Goodbye, guys. Love you. Bye. Bye.